Welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. Your host Chris here with Ro and Brandon, and we are here to review the film The Black Phone. After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a powerful basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from his killer's previous victim. Uh, it's directed by Scott Derrickson and starring um, Ethan Hawke, who um, I am not certain isn't a child killer uh, in real life. What do you guys think? Broken go. I love this movie. I I mean, it's based off uh, one of my favorite short stories by Joe Hill. And I love the cast. I love how they said it. I like how they made it work from the 70s with the vibe. But it legitimately had a few jump scares that had me go absolutely not. Um, but it's more the way they told a really nuanced story using all of these different elements of things that could really happen and then blended in, you know, a ghost story plus a, a, a little bit of the extra supernatural elements that he has. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's like Joe Hill read all his dad's books, watched all the movies of the people who he's let adapt his properties and realized that you don't have to do the low hanging fruit trope of your magical kids need to also be somehow othered in real life. You could just take some kids and have one of them be bullied. But this movie had a, a kind of a, a, vicious, a vicious edge to all of the things that were real that made it that much more disturbing and this is in my top five at the midway point of this year. That's how much I love this movie. And I don't know whether or not Ethan Hawke is a serial killer in his part time, but I really do would like to know what his process is for sloughing off these kinds of characters because the laugh and the weird and the, mm-mm, he's a little too good at this for me. And this was an amazing cast of child actors. And I, and I really enjoyed that. And it reminded me why I like this director because Two of my other favorite horror movies are The Exorcism of Emily Rose and Sinister, and they are both by the same guy. So I'm 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 digging it. Yeah, Brandon. Um, I mean, yeah, I just I was looking forward to this film when I saw the preview, I think last year. Um, Ethan Hawke is just I think he picks perfect projects for you know his whole style of acting and thing characters that he portrays very well um thoughtfully even if a film is bad uh, ethan hawk is typically good in it um the child actors do you know madeline mcgall and mason thames or Thames, like these they killed it um madeline killed it like she they this whole film could have just been about her and they could have done a swap to based on this the original like short story and just replaced that character with her and this film it still would have been phenomenal like she was a screen stealer um you know i feel stupid because i didn't realize who joe hill was um that makes a lot of sense and frankly i i have to give a lot of respect to the screenplay you know adapters and the director of course i mean the cinematography in this is great the music is perfect the uh the scoring is perfect the editing for the jump scares and such is there 
And I, I, I got to give respect to the screenplay adapters because they took what was there in the short story and they turned it into this film. They added layers to it because I did read the short story yesterday. And, you know, I, I feel like that is, I feel like that it gives, that gave, this film gave respect to the short story. And they didn't just want to adapt it into something to just get people into the theaters for a cheap ass horror film. They actually wanted to tell a story and he wanted to play around with these, you know, supernatural elements. And they said it, of course, with kids, which is kind of always fucked up with this character like this. And they have all of these different, you know, um, symbols and imagery and the metaphors, you know, the black balloons, the black van, the adding of things, the mask, um, the portrayal of the character uh, by Ethan Hawke and how creepy that was. And like, you really don't know what he's taking these kids for. Um, the, the, and of course, you know, Roe mentioned the other child actors, they adapted the kid who played, um, his friend that was whooping everybody's ass with, uh, Bruce Lee, his skills, like these, uh, this whole cast of kids, even the ones that he talks to on the phone, they don't, we only get to really hear their voices and, you know, we don't really get anything else from them. And I still feel like they did a great job in that sense. So I, I feel like this is a strong film. I have one issue. <laughs> And it, it is the fact that at times this movie is dumb. And, and I don't mean dumb like the screenplay is dumb or the characters are dumb. I feel like there are little dumb things that could have been fixed in editing that just were overlooked. But it really is to a degree after I started thinking about it. It's just it's it's nitpicking only because this film does exactly what it needs to do. It, to me, it's similar to there are a lot of dumb things that happen in Jurassic Park, but you don't care about that shit because Jurassic Park is such a good film when doing what it does best, which it does most of the film. And I think this film does the same. When it's in its zone, when it's in its element, this motherfucking film just is, is kind of, it's captivating. You know, you laugh, you are creeped out, you are worried about Finn. And then, you know, they have other elements like the, uh, you know, the abusive father, the supernatural elements with the sister and the other kids just in general. This fucking town, how the cops react. Shout out to the black cop who is not a dumbass. Thank you. And it's, you know, it, it's just it, it was a lot of things that I think worked very well for this film. And, you know, frankly, this is one of my favorite films this year. And this is one of my favorite Bloom, Blumhouse films in a while because Blumhouse has been Blumhouse has been pumping out some bullshit. And maybe that's just the stuff they gave to Amazon and some other places. They really like been dropping the ball lately. So I was worried about this one. Yo, but, them look at the Blumhouse yeah. films they did the, sec the second round were some hot garbage. The, pan the ones they put out yeah. during the pandemic. Holy hell, man. Those were pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah. So Blumhouse is back as far as I'm concerned um, when they have the right people. And they had all the right people here, I think. I mean, they even make it back that this is their signal that they're back. If the, the opening scene for the Blumhouse new logo, where it starts from the old stuff and it comes through all the, you know, the mid stuff from the pandemic till now, that is even a whole new logo. So I think that they're actually really trying to, you know, pull a, I'm thinking we're back with this movie. So I think it might be, yeah. I'm not willing to go that far. I think, I think it's one of those things that they've gotten big. And so there's going to be a lot of, they've also acquired a lot of just garbage that they put out. 
So that's I what I mean. I'm like, they just offloaded all that stuff so they can move on. <laughs> yeah, I think we're still gonna get that. Um, so yeah, I, I like this film. I probably didn't like it as much as you two did, but there's nowhere near a bad film or even something like just highly annoying. It's still like up there with me. Um, like I said, um, I think I think you guys nailed a lot of the things I liked with it. Like, I think you know, Ethan Hawke is on is has been on a roll. Um, with his with his roles and his films uh, as of late. He he really he really gets into them, but this is like the third one we've seen him in this year alone. Because he was in the Northman. He was what else was he in? He was in I felt like he was in something else this, earlier this Moon year Knight? too. Huh? Moon Knight. Oh yeah, Moon Knight. That's what it is too. Yeah. So yeah, between Moon Knight, this and and um, the North. He's he's been he's on a roll just for twenty twenty two. So. Um, yeah, he just does a really good job, I think, especially with, uh, what they do with him in the mask, you get a lot of eye and eye and eyebrow acting with him that actually worked out very well and very creepily with him that pairs off very well with the mask that he's wearing at the time. Um, this film also does have, like, I, I feel like jump scares get a bad rap sometimes in horror films. And I think it's because we've gone through there's a lot of and, and and it's hard to quantify this as a horror film i know it is but it also kind of isn't in some ways but I feel like in general horror films tend to especially the bad ones lean too heavily on the jump scares so i feel like when we say oh this film has jump scares people like it's oh, okay it's, they're going for cheap these jump scares aren't, aren't cheap right they're they're well earned you get them like it's just there're just some moments when the way they use camera angles, like you said, the way they use sound, um, just the, the the way the scenes are set up, they work very, very well um, in that. Um, to me, I think, for me, the ending was kind of predictable a little bit. kind of saw that one coming. But again, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I don't hold that against the film as the film's good. film's good, and you can still land a plane on what you're doing. I To me, it being a little predictable at the end doesn't bother me. Um, I'm with Brandon. There are some dumb moments and we were laughing about them in the, in the theater when we watched this. Uh, but again, I think this is another one of those films that, and, and I wish more films would do this. Your film can have flaws like that. Most films, all films are flawed. But if you get in and get out, this, this movie's an hour and 42 minutes. If you get in and get out, I ain't got time to think about them. I ain't got time to think about the flaws. I don't. I'm enjoying it. It's good. All right, cool. You know what? I'll come back later on and think, oh, yeah, you know, that was that part there. No, that, I'm, not, I'm not stewing on it like I do some other films that are way too long. I think it's, it's, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a, a near-perfect runtime. I, I don't... It, it's not long. It, it, it gets in and gets out, but it doesn't feel like you left things on the table. It doesn't feel like, oh, what was that other dumb film? What was it? Not other, because you know, this isn't a dumb film. What was that dumb film we saw? Oh, Firestarter. Wasn't Firestarter like... Firestarter was that short or long? I can't remember. It was two hours. It was two fucking hours. Right. Long. It was two hours long, right? Where you're just like, how are you two fucking hours long, but then feel like you also didn't tell the story, but then also felt like you, you wasted too much. Like that film, right? Compared to like, like looking at the way that film just lo- uses its time, it uses it completely wrong. This film uses all, you know, all hour and 42 minutes. It does it well. You actually get, um, does a really good job of giving you, Enough of the background of different characters, like um, the whole thing with um, 
uh, Gwen and Finney's mom, right? And and you get a backstory with them and uh, Jeremy Davis as Terrence as their father. God, uh, oof, man, just uh. wow. Well, yeah, I mean, like, right. and and, and <laughs> it's hard for me to watch stuff like that. Right now that I have a, a child, right? I, man, I, every time I see something like that, I'd be like, I swear to God, if I ever see anything, like, I'm beating the it, shit out of right. It, like, it, it's one of those things. It's like sometimes like the actor's too good again, like. He's another one where I'm like looking at him. Like, there's a bunch of actors in this film, a, a, a male, a, a male grown actors in this film. And I'm looking at going like, yo, um, you should be on a watch list. I ain't saying you're like the character you're playing right now. I understand it's acting, but I'm just saying for like six months or so, yeah, maybe we should put you on the watch list. I'm just saying, just keep an eye on I, you. I, just make sure. I you know? was calling him Evil Joe Dirt. Yeah, like I would beat this shit out of you. Yeah, that 100%. I mean, I don't know why you said some. All three of the grown white men in this movie should all be under observation. I'm just saying, yeah, I just... No, there, no one is... Ex- all three of them, man. Yeah, all three yeah, of them. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, just saying. was funny. Like, he was legit just funny. <laughs> Given right what he was doing. Yeah. 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 No, but, but I would like to know which moments jumped out at you as dumb. Um just out of curiosity, no, can't 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 on the can't can't on this film can't on this in the podcast without getting into spoilers. spoilers no, 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 I didn't mean I didn't mean on the podcast. I'm assuming they would be spoiler esque. Oh yeah, we can we can talk about it. But one of them, I won't even like one of them. Literally, is just a turnaround. Like it is, it's just so it's so dumb. That it's like yeah. what, what? I I, I will say this because and this this is kind of tied to it and. It actually makes sense because of, of the time period as well, because of the way, where the uh, the time period with this film is set. Um, I know people are are really you know calling out propaganda films and things like that. Don't worry, this film was definitely not propaganda because uh, the cops are dumb as fuck. No, so uh, I just I just want I just want everybody to know uh, we ain't got to worry about that shit because these motherfuckers are dumb as a motherfucker. The shit that they wrote for Madeline to say to them damn cops in the beginning of the film was so right. fucking perfect. Her was so perfect. Like, she is, man, I can't wait to see her in more films. I need her in, like, all the good horror films until she's an adult and is directing on some Jodie Foster shit because that child is primed and ready to go. She, she was just so damn good on screen. It was, my God. Like, I was like, where did they find her? She's amazing. Yeah, no, and I guarantee you at least two or three of the things that she said in her initial meeting with the cops, I'm going to find a way to work them into a conversation where relevant because, they, I mean, they just, yeah, she's she's my favorite because her character could have gone very poorly in the wrong direction as frequently illustrated by characters written like her by Joe's daddy. and. They balance her between, I guess you call it the woo-woo stuff, um, being a regular kid, the the mess that's happening in their personal lives in their house with their their father, and then her still feeling like a whole person with one hell of a sense of humor and self-deprecation. So it's one of the few times when you knew you were dealing with a kid who's more mature than their age, but they still managed to remember to let her be a kid. It was. It felt like the way they do the Stranger Things kids, um, and, and I, I like that. Like Max, she reminded me a lot of Max, and I like that when they do those with care. When they do that with characters, when they give them strong personalities, but they're still children. 
right? You still you still see the innocence and you feel it when they're on screen and you are scared for them. Like there were legit moments where despite how strong she was, I was legit scared for that child. You know. Same. And it, yeah. it 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 was because of the way she portrayed this. Like you said, she was just fully fleshed out in this as a side character. You know, her you know, and, and I hate to say that because she really was one of the mains up until the film hit that point where, you know, we had the abduction. And it, even then, right, I feel like the way they used her and the way they used her strength continued to portray her character and reflect very well on what they had initially established about her. Yeah, so, I mean, you had a lot of the setup of how the 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 town works through her, but you also got a little bit without them having to be really obvious about it. And this is a Cargill skill. So I agree with you on the people who adapted it for the screenplay where they, they always, they always kind of remembered that someone still has to give you a through perspective and they used her to do it. And they used her part and her connection to her brother but they did it in a way that still allowed her to be an unreliable narrative. So even though you eventually figure out what's going on and it's a short story, so you know it's going to have a, a finite end. You still had enough mystery and enough room for ridiculousness or a really, really se- a sense of urgency to still being, being built without it taking away from what was happening in other parts of the movie. Yeah, and I thought that was really smart. Can I also say, I just want to speak to something that Chris said, like the ending is predictable. It is predictable, but I'm going to be honest. When it comes to horror films or thrillers like this, there is a ending I want. There is a predictability in that. There's a predictability, predictability that I need from a film like this because of how dark it is and how bad it could be. So like for me to be able to breathe, I need that. And there, like, there is legit a, like a, a, an out loud, yes clap theater clapping moment in this film and it is gratifying it is what is needed because there's so much darkness here and it's so sad and you really are with finney throughout this journey so so like even if you have predictability right which you know you can that can be a a check or an x for you It, it just i think it depends on the person in the film right i think that this film is definitely more about the journey which is like it very it, it, it's just you know i was pulled into this right you know chris you were saying like well, you didn't like it as much as we did but you still liked it like it's still a good film yes and i definitely understand why right and it was just for me it was just the more i thought about it i don't get enough films that are this good i think and that's maybe because i'm not watching the right horror stuff or i haven't tapped into my resources which is youtube to find out what i should be watching but you know when i see stuff like this on the big screen in a theater that was in a screener that was packed i'm just like happy to see that somebody the screenplay writer the director the producer um the the, you know joe hill and then uh blumhouse period they cared about this project they really fucking cared about this project and i i love when i see that because we just don't get enough i think i think there's two things right so one i think you're absolutely right about and i i should have qualified the the whole um particularly thing you're absolutely right there's there's two types of predictability, right? There's a predictability where you like you see the ending coming, but like you said you're satisfied, you enjoy it, and it's also something that you can enjoy. And then there's a predictability where you see the ending coming and you're like, God damn it, don't do that shit, right? 
This is not that film. It is not the one where you're like, you see the bad ending coming and they're going to fucking do it. Um, what was that film that Rowan, you and I just, we just did the watcher. And I, I know you, you and I had a, you and I had a different, a different opinion on that one, but that one where I knew we where they were going to agree about that. We yeah, did agree okay. about that. I couldn't remember. We both agreed on it, but it's like, we both saw that ending coming and I'm just like, Oh, God damn it. Come on. Don't, 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 don't do that. And they did it anyway. And I'm like, huh, that's not how I felt. And, and, and Brandon's absolutely right. You know, the ending of this, you might see it coming, but it's still very satisfying. I think the other thing too, and Brandon, I think this is another good point is I watch, you know, Ro and I watch a lot of horror films, both good and bad. I am desensitized when it comes to quality, when it comes to horror films, but I can also point out that when it comes to mainstream things that get put out like this, um, they can be far and few between. Sometimes you have to go searching for them and looking for them and finding things a little bit off the beaten path. This is one where, again, I was not going to lie, you know, it looked good in the trailers, but like Blumhouse has been on some bullshit lately. So that does, that name doesn't even really drive me. And so, you know, Ethan Hawke has been on a tear recently and things like that. So, and, and Scott Derrickson had, puts together, I like a lot of things he does as well. So, like, they put together a good package here for a film that comes out and put the, and it's not even just putting the, the film together, they're putting the marketing behind this film as well to get it out there. And that's just not something you see very often with these types of films. So that's another really good point about what they're doing here. Because like I said, we don't, get, we don't get the full package. You might get a good film, but it doesn't get marketed. Or you get a highly marketed film, that's not a good film. you know. Or you get something that just, eh, it's okay, right? This is a, a good film that has a lot of marketing behind it, a lot of star power behind it, a lot of up-and-comers behind it. And yeah, it's like they everything aligned for this film. People want to go to the theaters right now, right? Like Thor's coming out soon. So we when we were at the theater, I told you the reason I almost didn't make it in time for the opening credits was because there were so many fucking people at the concession stands buying food. And I was like, what movie are they going to see? And I really couldn't tell. And I didn't ask, but this is definitely a film that if you're like, I got to, I'm returning back to normal. We're going back to normal. Fucking going to the theaters. This is definitely one that should be at the top of your list. If you're going like this weekend or next weekend, or if you're just looking for a horror film to go see, like if we go and go back to the theaters, we gonna act like we're not catching the COVID. If we go and unmask, eat popcorn around each other, you know, sitting right elbow to elbow, like it used to be back in the day, two and a half years ago, then, this is a film that's worth, like, th- this is it. Um, Jurassic Park World is not it. This is it. So, um, for me, I'm just like, I, I you know, I, I haven't been to a lot of screeners this year. Um, so, I've only really been to good movies all year. And I'm trying to keep that going. And this one definitely did not disappoint. And I'm happy that it's this good because it, it, is, it is definitely better than I thought it was going to be. I wanted it to be good. It looked good. Definitely Blumhouse had me kind of like, but in the end, everything about this film pays off. Like the dumb moments are dumb because like, even me and Chris could look at each other and be like, what the fuck? Like, dude, did you see that? Like what, what the fuck? But even then it was still like, but that didn't stop the movie from being good. It was just a, you saw that dumb moment, right? Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I'm not the only one who thought that shit was dumb. And we 
kept going with it. Like that didn't for me that didn't even that didn't even affect the grade of this film. It was just like, huh, that's stupid. Okay, back to this film. And some of them actually ended up being funny. They were just so dumb. Yeah, one of I I definitely laughed, but one of them I my God, I I don't know if y'all watched the shy, but like I stopped and it, it wasn't it wasn't that bad of dumb. I had to stop watching the shy because they had a moment where a character escaped being a captive. And when they escaped, they ended up getting caught again. And the reason they got caught is because they didn't run. And in any other situation, I would have been like, uh, okay, I understand they're trying to drag this out. The problem with this one, which made it so dumb that I couldn't watch the show anymore, was that the character that got caught because they didn't run was a fucking track star. That shit, it, at that moment, I was like, I can't even. Your natural God-given ability is sprinting. That's what you do. You escaped a hostile situation and finally got freedom after all the abuse you did and you didn't run. I can't do this show anymore. Can't do it. And I haven't watched it since. I can't do it. This film yeah, is not that dumb at any moment. That's about where I looked out too, ironically enough. Yeah, that's why I tapped out at that point. But I did want to say, um, you know, I generally tend to give uh, Scott Dickerson room to cook. Again, I told you, I love, I love Sinister. I love the um, exorcism of Emily Rose, that whole thing where he got that girl who could art, individually articulate and do all those things. He has a way of kind of pulling you into a story and holding you. And he's one of the few directors to where the slow burn that they like to give to these kinds of movies, these like neighborhood scares, especially when the kids are involved. He actually, like you said, there's always an, an ultimate payoff. But did you guys know that the reason why he was convinced, ab- adamant that he needed to be the one to make the black phone is because, like, his mom was adu- abducted? No. No, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I saw just randomly in a sci-fi article, he was saying that um, a friend knocked on the door to his house and informed them, oh, his friend had told him that his mom had been abducted, raped, and thrown in a local lake and it was during the mid 70s when he grew up so he was like i have to be the one to make this movie because i guess his sensibility when he came to this story is he's like i know exactly what it needs to look like and how it needs to feel you know i was been a kid in this situation where you're dealing with abductions and i thought it was really interesting that i mean i don't know if this would be the project i take out of therapy when i had to step back from the you know the Marvel movie that I was supposed to direct, but if you're going to take a left back into full on horror, I think this is about as good as you can get. Like I had high hopes for this movie again, because I said it's my favorite short story, but it's also because like you said, this is a, a nice group of go-getter young actors and all of the people who they surrounded them with were all supportive and collaborative. And even the characters that, aren't three-dimensional still don't feel too brittle to believe and i think i think i know at least one of the moments where you're like what is happening because i almost caught myself say something out loud in the movie theater it has been a long time since i wanted to yell at a screen and was happy that i was in the movie theater not by myself watching a movie 
this was a fun group watch. Yeah, can I say that the more I think about this, the more that I know that they pulled characters directly from Stranger Things for this, and I'm absolutely okay with that. Like, I have absolutely, I have no problem with it whatsoever. Like, there is a character that immediately when they portray the most screen, I was like, that is Max's brother. <laughs> like that, that is, I can tell who your favorite Stranger Things characters are, guys, from watching this, and that's fine. Well, but some okay. of it is also hat tips to the kid characters and portrayals from Stephen King movies, which, you know, is also a thing that influenced Stranger Things. So I, True. my head went first to Stephen King, but I also see where you're going for, because some of those influences were used to create the Stranger Things character. So, yeah, there, I can totally see that. A lot of the a lot of the kid characters that we are reintroduced to later, we were initially introduced to at some point. I think it was only like two we weren't. And one of them legit came out of nowhere. And I was like, what the hell? But like the introduction or their story was so good. that I was just like, oh, I like I like this one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm glad y'all added them. I don't right, need like, any, what you showed yeah. me. What you All showed right. me here was completely enough. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on you. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. But I also like the fact that when they were telling the story, one of the differences in storytelling for a lot of other people who try to make these kind of movies, they deliberately don't show you everything that's happened to the previous victims when they're building up this sense of fear and sense of dread and what's happening to Finney. And you and I both know the majority of other adaptations and the majority of other people trying to make this movie would have made everybody in the audience live through at least one full arc of a previous victim because for their sensibilities, especially for these movies that kick back to the seventies, they all seem to feel like they haven't established the stakes high enough unless we've all been traumatized by seeing a child fully brutalized in the most messed up kind of ways. But in this movie, they instead, they play on you and your worst fears, feeling in the blanks of what they don't show you. And I thought that was extremely effective. I also was very relieved that because they put these kids through some things. I'm glad they had a line that it was unwilling to cross. Well, I think that also goes to, goes to what we were saying before about the runtime, right? Knowing when to use your runtime wisely, because you're absolutely right. And if somebody else would have gone through, made this a two hour, two hour and 20 minute film, having it relive every single kid. And, every single kid that got killed and how they got killed in some kind of way and having us go having them all in the room and go through all that stuff and you didn't need it right it wouldn't have been as effective as the way they did it here they were able to cut all that out and, and not even cut it out because they didn't put it in there but they were able to to just you know work with what they have and and still give you the sense of dread so give you the sense of the emotion you're supposed to feel as the audience without having to drag you through uh, the brutality of it. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, but it's, it's so not necessary. Like, I feel like we get so many films that feel like the brutality is the horror. And, on, like, showing us that imagery is what makes the film. And, and honestly, it's such a turnoff for me, and it feels lazy. Because ultimately, if you understand how people work, especially people who are really, really into stories, storytelling, 
and then horror films on top of that, your mind is your own worst fucking enemy. So when they constantly leave details out or make things vague or just, yeah, you won't like it, man. It'll be bad. That happened to me. And you're like, well, what? how bad was it? And then they give you just enough imagery. They give you Ethan Hawke in a chair, like looking a certain way, a certain menacing way in this environment. Like they give you just enough for you to be like, you know what? I don't even want to fucking see what happened because I've already, I'm already seeing the possibilities and they're horrific. And that makes the film go on because you get to take that with you and carry it with this character, Finney. And you get to be like, like you talk, you talk to him, bro, listen to this, listen to this one or bro, don't do it. Like, you know, those things make the film kind of, they kind of make the film 4d. It becomes interactive in that degree. And I think that was just like, I feel like, I feel like the, the screenplay writers, the directors, they all tapped into that. I feel like they understood that part and that element. And that's why they didn't feel it necessary to just, oh, uh, we're going to show you all the brutality. It just, it, it just isn't fucking necessary. It, it really isn't to make a film horrific, right? So, you know, but Blum, Blumhouse has put out a lot of films that I don't think had to show you the brutality to be horrific. Uh, you know, Ro mentioned Sinister, and that's still one of my favorite horror films. It, it just, it is a mind fuck. You know, it's these guys, right? Yeah, that's what I'm, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and like because you said it, I know that okay. now. It's just kind of like that makes so much sense because they they did they did so many great things in Sinister with with kids with the house. Um, it, you know the journeys, the fact that you can't escape these things. Like, there's all of that here, and you know, and then you get the ending that you get, which is a great. It is it is a great payoff. For the, for the story that we had to sit through. Because there are moments in this film where this shit is legit soul-crushing. It's just like, yo, I don't know how much longer I can watch this kid go through this, this dark, dismal environment. He's tried all these things, and it's just like, fuck. Yeah, this is, this is the most traumatizing closed-room mystery escape room movie I've ever watched in at least the last five years. And you, but you get to grow with the character, and that's something else that I don't think films do. They give you characters, but they don't actually develop or grow them. They don't give them a real journey. They give them a story, but they don't give them a journey. And this kid in one room, you know, in in a, in in a cement room with one mattress on the floor, goes through a whole fucking journey. And, and simultaneously to that, so does his sister out in the whole world, out in the world. And then the, the, the way that they wove it to make it to be a collision course, course between the two without it feeling too corny. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah. The father, even, even, the, even there was growth with the father, right? You yeah. got to see his growth in this film as, as piss poor of a, piss poor of a fucking person he was. You got to see like him go through a journey. I mean, I, I thought it was really smart the way that they kind of played because it leans into a lot of different kinds of 70s movies where you got, it's like, you know, a little bit of this, you got a feel of like Carrie. Uh, ironically enough, you got a feel of like some of the things that were going on within in Firestarter, the Drew Barrymore and the book, not that travesty that just came out. But it it felt like, it felt real. It, like it felt, 
this felt like a real grounded place. You didn't need a lot to understand. Like the very first scene where you see the kids, Finney, and it's Mason, right? I don't know why I'd be trying to change this child's name. Uh, Finney and Mason in the first together, when you first see them meet their father for the first time, Gwen and Finney. There's just something that they do about the composition of where they put everybody, um, how he's behaving, then how the kids are behaving. You need zero other input to understand exactly what's wrong with dad. And it was just so smartly done because it sets a tone and you make your own assumptions and presumptions based on other movies that you've seen that are set in the 70s that play out this way. And based on other things where you've seen this kind of dynamic and you're like, you automatically have recognition of what the kids are trying to do and why and what's wrong with dad. But then when you later find out how he ended up in that really tragic, wallowing, useless place, it's it's just, it's very smart. And it's, and then they set up a juxtaposition between his need for this to be not real versus hope of finding his child and the way they played that is a whole journey by itself and i thought that was really smart i mean we could talk about this movie a lot and i think we've done a really good job of not spoiling but i don't know how much more i can i could not spoil you know me all right what would you guys give that out of 10 this is an eight and a half for me yeah i'm gonna go ahead and uh, i'm gonna go ahead and just go with a nine because i've seen so many bad horror films and bloomhouse did so much bullshit that like I'm just I'm giving them an extra extra credit point for this being the one that went back into theaters for them and them doing it this well. So yeah, I'm giving this a nine out of ten. You not whooping my ass when your pants is pulled all the way up to your chest, bro. I'm sorry, like dude, I don't. I'm, you're not. You are. You will be the only one of the three that won't whoop my ass with your pants buttoned under your chest. Not happening. Or have deodorant stains on your belt. And be whooping my ass, bro. It's not happening. Okay, not happening. I'm, 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 I'm giving it eight. Uh, my ass shouldn't have my little sister be able that standing up for me that fucking much. Like, there's, I was just like, motherfucker, gross. Like eight and a half reasons to take a nap in the nurse's office for me. Shit, come on, man, what are you doing? Um, no, no, but this this is definitely a a a great film to go check out. Uh, I also feel like, I mean, we're we're saying it's horror. I. I know there are people out there who don't do horror, but I feel like this is one of those films that has horror elements, but I don't feel like, I mean, unless you just really can't watch anything that has a jump scare in it, which then I would then question, could you even watch Doctor Strange? Um, I think this is something that you can, you, you can, you can watch, you, you can watch, right? It's, I think so a horror. lot of people found the answer to that question to be no. So uh, yeah, valid, 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 valid. I would say, unless you legit have issues with ghost stories, you should be okay. You should be able to hang. You'll be a little, you know, twitchy and extra yeah. paranoid, but you should be able to make it all right. Unless you don't do ghosts. Yeah, if you don't do ghosts, if, then okay, you can't. Yeah. yeah, if you can't hack ghost stories, if that's where you like throw up an X when it comes to horror, the yeah, the black phone is not for you because you know it's told out of order. A lot of flashbacks and others that you you would not be happy. Not I'll be tell happy. you one thing, because um, this comes out this weekend. Uh, go see this. Don't go see two plus hours of Elvis. 
I'm just gonna say that. Um, I know a lot of people are saying that Maverick is gonna um, go for another weekend because probably. it's gonna it's gonna overtake Elvis. I think the Black Phone legitimately has a shot at overtaking both of them. Uh, I then it end up being a word of mouth thing that the first people have to go and then more people talk about it. But I will say this: the Watcher actually set numbers for IFC, so I think the Black Phone has a shot out the gate. The only, the only, the only caveat I would put to that, and I'm looking this up. Yeah, only reason why I would say no, I don't. What was the rating on Elvis? Was it PG-13? So the black phone is, is R. So it could, but I think that R rating always does have a little bit, although there were younger kids in, in our film, in our screener. Um, I think that always does, you know, hold it back a little bit. But I could see, were, I could see, I, I could see the black phone beating Elvis, maybe not Top Gun. No, I was just, I, I don't, I think not out the gate, not, not out the, not its opening weekend, but I think if they let this, have a respectable run in the movie theaters and it gets enough houses, which it's set to do because like we said, you know, A24 and Blumhouse, this is A24, isn't it? No, I'm wrong. No, this is just, this is just Blumhouse. I just, the movie I saw last night was A24. But um, I think, I think it's got a, I think it's got a really good shot at overall at stacking in some numbers because like you said, some people who think that they can't do horror at all, someone who they know who knows them well enough is going to say, no, you can totally do this. I'll go see it again. I think it's going to get repeat people going into the movie theater too on a certain stuff for people who like this kind of psychological closed room horror type story. But yeah, I, I don't think, I think it's def- it should definitely do better than Elvis because at a minimum, people will care about oh, Ethan Hawke. Well, I, I think, like I said, I'm, I'm interested in it. I, I honestly, this is one of those ones where I kind of don't give a shit about Elvis. I kind of wish they had picked a better time to come in because it's actually coming out at a really terrible time because Minions is next week um, and then after that it's Thor. So it's a really yeah. bad time for this film to be coming this out. This got pushed twice. Right. Um, they I pushed still don't it understand to the, why. I don't understand why they pushed it to this time period because this is not a good spot for it. Um, but it's good enough and word of mouth might make it strong enough so it can stay in a number two spot, you know, over the weekends, the next couple of weekends, and I think that would be good for it. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. I also think we also start, uh, also got to start thinking about when some of these films get into streaming and start hitting the thing because the, the release windows on on these films are starting to get so short. Like fuck, like Doctor Strange is already on Disney Plus, right? So these films, just- these, these windows are yeah, these windows are so so short now. So we'll see. I think this is one of those things that will definitely do really well once it hits streaming. And more people can, uh, even more people can see it. So, um, yeah, if I, I would already have my streaming shit ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we might still, we might have an overlap with this where it pops up with Voodoo and also it's still in theaters. And I'm fine with that. But yeah, I'd have my, we're hitting Hulu hard mm-hmm. on this date with this film. Would it Let's be Hulu go. or would it be Prime? Hmm, who cares? Either one. I mean, I don't care. I, I would, any, anything but Netflix out the gate. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would I would hit Hulu or Prime first, and then hit Netflix after that. After word of mouth of Have y'all seen this one though? Like, yo, For this ain't sure. Yeah, I just wouldn't do Netflix first because it's gonna end up getting posted the same fucking week as, um, I, I can't even the Circle season twenty five. 
<laughs> and everybody's going to overlook it. Well, if this was going to Netflix, it would have already gone to Netflix. But so that's that's moot. But I get what you're saying. I think I think I don't know. I think it was smart for them. I wish they had done a day and date somewhere because there are a lot of people who are not really up for going out. Plus, there are a lot of places where you're, they don't have that many houses in their theater and they're picking and choosing. So even if it's in there, it may not have that many showtimes right out the gate. And you, like you said, it's a short run. I think that I don't know. I've, 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 I still don't understand the whole only in theaters, exclusive in theaters. It's just very, very stupid. In this economy, hmm. and not just in this economy, in this time period, in a world where monkeypox has now shown up in North Carolina, um, yeah, it's just it's very stupid to be trying to force people into an economic status quo because you are don't want to pivot and that yeah but i think the black phone is going to hang and hold and when people get their hands on it i think they're really going to like it um we haven't really gotten this kind of horror movie on a mainstream level in in a while and i think x is another one that came out this year but it's a straight up slasher so if you like if you don't do horror, you can't see X. But I do think a larger portion of people who will tip over into the psychological thriller will definitely enjoy it. Uh, the Black Phone. Yeah. All right. Um, we have uh, clear. We we have Thor coming out. We have Minions. Um, so plenty of stuff coming out on movie trailer reviews. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe. Movie trailer reviews. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and we'll be back soon. So until next time, we're out of here. Peace.